Today, we're nearing the end of our series called Christian. We have one more message after today. But we've been talking about this thing of being a Christian, and it's not what you think it is. It's so easy to get caught up in going to church and just getting in your mindset of what Christianity is. But we've been trying to to kind of tear down some of those things and go back to the basics in this series. In this series, if you've been here, we've been focusing on going beyond just wearing the name of Christian, like it's some brand, like it's some tattoo on your chest, but instead becoming disciples of Jesus who literally live like Jesus. What a concept, amen? That Christians would literally and actually behave like Jesus, that we would imitate him, that we'd be students of the Lord Jesus. We would watch him. We would look at him through his word. We would listen to his spirit, and we would follow him as his disciples. So today I want to talk with you about Christians who look for loopholes when it comes to following Jesus, who look for loopholes so that they can go out and do whatever pleases them instead of pleasing God. Now, historically, a loophole is defined as something like this, a slit in a wall that an arrow can pass through, a hole, a loophole. Or it's defined as a small gap in a wall that allows someone to see through or to pass through. The one that we're probably most familiar with is this, a gap in the law that allows someone to avoid obeying a law. And when it comes to that, we all like loopholes. (laughs) We all like to, to find a loophole that lets us get by without obeying some law that we don't like. Now, we do know that there's a line not to cross. The Word of God is written on our hearts. We know right from wrong. And so, let's take a look at this next slide. There's a line that we're not to cross. But we so want to that we begin to look for a loophole, a way that we could cross that line, a way that we could go out and do what we want to do, but yet not get caught or suffer consequences. It's like this. Police officer said to a skateboarder, see that sign? It says, no skateboards. Skateboarder said to the officer, yes, sir, I I see that sign. But that's why I only brought one board. (laughs) Loophole. One board. Park officer to a dog owner. See that sign on the pavement? It says no dogs allowed. The dog owner says to the officer, no, sir. I only see dogs allowed. Loophole. Even we Christians love finding some kind of a loophole that will allow us to cross the line. We know the line is there, but we want to cross the line, so we go looking for a way to do it legally, to get by with it. In fact, all religious people, people of all faiths, love loopholes. You see, every religion has a book, and in that book, there's a list of commands to follow. And all religions have theologians that help people get around doing the stuff that's on the list. They help them kind of avoid doing what's on the list. And so, as we live that way, we say, that's great, right? 
I mean, your religion has a belief system, but you don't have to live what you believe. Isn't that awesome? Are you guys with me? And so all religions got this list. They've got the book. They believe stuff, but they find loopholes, and they don't have to live what they believe. So you form a religion around a set of beliefs, but when tough issues come up, a theologian comes up with a new interpretation of that verse in your document, in your book, in your list that you base your beliefs on, and it creates a loophole so that you can get around obeying that verse but still belong to the group. This happens in all religions. The truth is we all kind of love loopholes that let us off the hook. Write this down. Christians love loopholes, especially those who really don't want to follow Jesus all that close, but they do want to belong to Christianity. And so they want the brand on their chest. They want to be known as Christians. They want to belong to the church. And these kind of Christians love loopholes, and, and, and we love to find a way to get around what we don't want to do. And so anytime we find something in God's word that we don't want to obey, we go out and find somebody, some pastor, some scholar, who agrees with the interpretation we want, and we create a loophole to get around obeying the word of God. We love loopholes. And, and even we who sometimes call ourselves Christians look for loopholes. We go out and look for loopholes. We say things like, did Jesus really mean what he said here? I know it's in red in the Bible. It means Jesus said it, but did Jesus really say that? And did, did he really mean what he said? Or was it just a cultural thing? You see, even Christians look for ways to get around obeying the word of God. And often then, write this down, Christians use theology to find loopholes. They use theology. Loophole Christians, those who are looking for ways to live more like the world than like Jesus himself, really love theology. <laughs> and that's because they take a scripture out of context and they build a theology that allows them to not obey what the Bible actually says. You know, one of the things I hear all the time is this. Well, the Old Testament is old. It was, it was written before Jesus came. And I'm a follower of Jesus. And, and yes, I know that the Old Testament teaches this thing of tithing. But I'm a living according to the New Testament and the teachings of Jesus. I'm a follower of Jesus. So I'm not accountable to the Old Testament. And therefore, I don't have to tithe. Well, see, that's just one way of creating a theological loophole. A way to get by with not tithing. I don't have to do what the Old Testament says because I'm a New Testament follower of Jesus. But the truth is, what Jesus calls his followers to do in the New Testament concerning giving is far greater than just giving the tithe. So if you're a follower of Jesus, man, expectations are even greater. But loophole Christians don't want to go there either. Folks, it's dangerous to be a loophole Christian. A loophole Christian will ask questions like this. How close can I get to sinning without sinning? How close can I get to the edge and it's still okay? A loophole Christian will say, 
How much can I party and play and not lose my salvation? A loophole Christian will say, how loose can I live and be okay if Jesus decides to return while I'm living loose? By the time Jesus showed up, the religious leaders of his day had developed all kinds of loopholes. You see, they were so in love with the commands given by God to Moses that they forgot to love the supreme commander. Amen? Amen. They loved the rules. They loved the commands, but they forgot to love the commander. They became enforcers of the commands to the point that they even came up with their own commands to keep people from violating the original commands. So when Jesus shows up on the scene, these religious leaders had made up hundreds and hundreds of extra commands and rules that you had to follow. And over time, they began to give the same weight to their rules, their commands, as the actual commands of God. And it's right here in Matthew chapter 15 that we find a conversation between these religious leaders and Jesus that shows how rigid they were about their own man-made rules. And the response of Jesus back to them ought to make you and me sit up straight and rethink our whole approach to Christianity if you have become a loophole Christian. The Bible says this, Matthew 15, beginning with verse 1. Then some Pharisees and teachers of the law, those are the religious theologians of the day, they came to Jesus from Jerusalem and they asked, why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? Now the tradition of the elders was their set of rules that they had created long after Moses was gone to keep people from breaking the commands of God. So they were saying, your disciples aren't keeping our set of rules. Our traditions. So they're not talking about the Ten Commandments. They're uh, the commands of God given to Moses. And here's the tradition the disciples were breaking. Take a look at this. The religious leader said, They don't wash their hands before they eat. Now, before you parents all get excited to, to run home and say, Kids, the Bible says you got to wash your hands before you eat. That's not what they're talking about. The priests were required to do ceremonial washings so that they'd be ceremonially clean prior to performing their, their spiritual duties. But as time went on, the Pharisees decided to apply that to everybody. And so over time, this became a required part of their tradition. So when the disciples of Jesus didn't follow their man-made rule, it made them angry. And, and when they confronted Jesus about it, Jesus just ignores their questions. And he says, I hear you, but I've got a better question for you. And take a look at what Jesus asked them. And then why do you break the command of God for the sake of your tradition? So Jesus just ignores their question and goes to the heart of the problem. And then Jesus goes on and says this. For God said, honor your father and mother and anyone who curses their father or mother is to be put to death. So Jesus says, you're upset with my disciples for breaking the rules you created, but you're breaking a commandment of God because look what they were doing. Jesus says this, you say if anyone declares that what might have been used to help their father or mother is devoted to God, you say, I can't help mom and dad because I've devoted this to God. They are to not, not to honor their father or mother with it. Now what's that mean? It simply means this. They looked for a loophole. So that they'd never have to use their money, their goods, their resources 
to help take care of their aging parents. So they found a scripture that talked about dedicating everything you own to God. And then when their aging parents needed someone to help them pay the rent, their son said, Dad, I'd love to help you, but I've dedicated all that I have to God. If I help you and use those resources, I'm going to be robbing from God. So I'm not going to help you. So they created a, a loophole that enabled him to not support their parents without breaking God's command. But Jesus said this, when you do that, you nullify the word of God for the sake of your tradition, your rules that, that you created. And then Jesus says to them, look at this, you hypocrites. You know that Jesus ever got that strong? You hypocrites. Everybody say, whoa with me. Whoa. After three, one, two, three, say you hypocrites with me. One, two, three, you hypocrites. Isn't that fun to say? <laughs> you hypocrites. Here's the bottom line. Jesus doesn't like us to use his father's words to avoid doing his father's will. He doesn't like it when we use his father's commands to create some kind of loophole to get around doing his father's will. So my point is this, loophole Christians spend their lives ignoring parts of God's word that's inconvenient for them, and yet they accuse others of not obeying parts of God's word. So when Jesus shows up in this man-made, rule-bound kind of culture, he revealed a better way to live and a better way to please God his Father. He didn't set aside the commands of God, but instead he focused on the intent of the commander, God the Father. This God of love. And so Jesus says this, a new command that I give you, love one another. By this command, by obeying this command to love one another, this is how everybody's gonna know that you're my follower, that you're my true disciple, is when you obey this command to love one another. They're not gonna know that you're my disciple by how you frame your theology. They're not gonna know that you're my disciple by the way you interpret certain verses, but instead by the way that you love others. Not so much by what you believe, but by how you behave. And how are you to love others? Jesus tells you right here in this scripture. He says, a new command I give you, love one another. And then he tells us how to do that. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. In other words, as I have loved you, what I did was costly, it was hurtful, it was inconvenient, it was incredibly hard, as I have loved you, you are to love one another. Listen. If you're to wake up every morning and say to God, God, how can I give thanks to you today for this awesome, unconditional love that you've shown to me? He would simply say, as I have loved you, love one another. You see, the Bible says this, whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and whatever other command there may be are summed up in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. Now these religious leaders, they had all of these rules and all these laws to not help us break these commands. But Jesus says, I got one. I got one. 
Do you see how powerful that is? How clarifying that is? How simplifying that is? I mean, it's really clear, isn't it? Every command of God comes back to this. Love one another. You're not going to commit adultery if you're truly loving your spouse. You're not, you're not going to steal from someone and take what's his and something that's not yours if you're truly loving one another. Every command you will not break if you follow the one command to love one another as Jesus loved you. Now, the religious loophole developers of Jesus' day said to Jesus, well, hey, Jesus, what is the greatest command? He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and your neighbor as yourself. In other words, don't you dare take a verse or a passage or a story from the Bible to create your own specialized theology theology, or to create your own loophole and then use it to unlove somebody. Use it to mistreat somebody else. If you do that, you are a hypocrite, says Jesus. So listen, some Christians love loopholes. Always looking for a loophole instead of just following Jesus. Write this down. But disciples don't look for loopholes. Disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ, true disciples, look at him, imitate him. And that means loving others like him. True disciples imitate the behavior of their Savior and Lord. They don't look for loopholes. They just follow Jesus. True disciples of Jesus don't open the Bible and try to figure out how little they can do. True disciples open the Bible and figure out what more they can do to simply say thank you to their Savior for his unconditional, unsurpassable, never-ending love. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. We say, God, how can I do more? So disciples are constantly asking themselves this question. Write it down. They ask, what does love require of me? What does love require of me? As I look at what's happening in my marriage, it's hard. We're struggling. But what does the love of God who's living inside of me, what does his love require of me? How can I love that person as Christ has loved me? It may be hard. It may hurt. It may be inconvenient. But how can I show love? In my workplace, people that I don't like at all, what does love require of me? In my neighborhood, that neighbor that... What does love require of me? In my school, those who make fun of me, In my family, in my church, what does love require of me? Disciples ask that question. In my situation, what does God's love require of me? His new command. And then second they ask, and then how can I release that love of Jesus to others? See, disciples look for ways to release that love of Jesus into their situation. That means disciples step toward people that they don't even like and find ways to show love to them. This new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. That means disciples share resources to help people that they don't even know around the world. People in Long Beach that we go feed 
True disciples do that. Disciples release the same love to others that Jesus released to them. Now, living by this new command to love one another is going to draw you and me into places that are uncomfortable. Maybe places that we don't want to be. And I know that some of you probably have some questions, but pastor, if you knew my situation, what about this? What would you do here? They're so wrong. I've been wronged. I've been hurt. What would you do? Well, let me answer all of your what about questions all at once. Are you ready? Here it is. Aren't you glad that God didn't look for a loophole when it came to showing his love for you? Amen. Aren't you glad that even though you've probably given God 10,000 reasons or maybe 100,000 reasons to look for a loophole so he wouldn't have to come to earth and show his love to you, aren't you glad that he didn't? Wow. Disciples are always asking themselves, what does love require of me? How can I release the love of Jesus to others? If he was willing to love you after you gave him thousands of reasons not to, how can you ever refuse to love somebody else? Amen? Amen. What if we tried that just for a week? What if we tried that just this week? To just release the love of Jesus to somebody else this week. If we'll all just make that our mission as we leave this place today, if we'll just go out and do that, I want to tell you it will transform your life and somebody else's. It will surprise you how powerful simply releasing the love of Jesus can be. People need love in our world, amen? But they need the love of Jesus, amen? Amen. (laughs) And when you release his love that they don't expect, it's gonna transform their lives. And as you do that, it'll cause you to live in obedience to the new and greatest command of Jesus, to love one another. That's what disciples do. You see, brand-wearing Christians always look for loopholes. But disciples, true disciples of Jesus, don't. They just follow the example of Jesus. Amen? Let's be true followers, true disciples, true imitators of our commander-in-chief. Amen? Amen? Would you bow your heads with me and pray with me? And like always, as I pray this prayer, consider praying this in your heart after me. Father, help me start loving my neighbors. And that means everybody this week. Help me ask myself, what does love require of me in this situation? And Jesus, thank you for not looking for a loophole when it came to deciding whether or not to love me. Help me to love others just like you love me. Lord Jesus, when we do that, it's going to change us. We're going to become a greater channel of your love to just flow and flow and flow. 
when we just do that one thing, and God is going to change our, our families, it's going to change our world, when we just set out to love one another as you've loved us. Thank you for loving us. I don't know if we can ever thank you enough. But Lord, just accept our thanks right here and now from all of our hearts. Thank you, God. We pray in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, amen. amen.